Hello and welcome to the Best Boys Podcast. I'm Best Boy Dan. And I'm Best Boy Justin. And we're here with another seasonal anime episode. This is our fall 2021 episode. Uh, We're going to go over all of the shows to watch, the ones to skip, and all of the wild and weirdness that is fall 2021 because there's certainly quite a bit of it and we did it all for you so you better appreciate it you cretins (laughs) all for you all all for the best buds but first we're gonna kick it off with a little bit of banter and then the usual anime news absolutely so best boy dan have you ever had the experience where something really funny happens and no one's around to watch it? Uh, most of my life. Yeah. <laughs> so that happened to me while I was working on the dock for this. And because I now have a platform with which I have a captive audience, which I is you. the worst thing anyone has ever done. Yeah, no. Worst decision ever. <laughs> uh, I get to tell you about it so it doesn't have to remain unheard of. So while I was working on this outline, I was typing the word Netflix, but I typoed it because of who I am as a person. Uh, and it was accidentally NTR flicks. Oh my god, I'm sure that is a website. Already. I'm sure it is. I'm afraid to Google it because I don't want it to be as a part of my search history for the rest of my life. Fair. Uh, but it would definitely be very different from Netflix. Um, it would be sadder and weirder. Yes. I for whatever reason NTR just makes me think of. Oh god, what was that? Show oh girlfriend girlfriend yeah uh, from last season I when didn't like watch it. well you saw the like meme with the like NTR like yeah 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 she's like oh no am I suddenly into this um, <laughs> which here's what I will say we I don't know if we did uh, a girlfriend girlfriend check in uh, but the the um, the thruple never grew into a quadruple it it stayed a thruple so it actually ended up kind of being what I hoped it would be. Okay. Um, so, uh, would actually recommend some people check it out. It wasn't too bad of a show. It's, it's a, you know, degenerate show, but it, it's still fun. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of harems, I think it was a fun, fun take on it. Okay. Um, I wanted to talk about Squid Games. Yeah. Uh, you and, you and everyone else. I know. I, I mostly wanted to bring it up just so we could like, put it in the description and get all that sweet search engine optimization. Hell yeah, SEO. We love it. (laughs) Um, But I I just think it's so funny that, like, this death game uh, story is, like, taken off so huge across the world when this is something that, like, anime does all the time. We're going to talk about one uh, anime this season that uh, is a death game, but, like, they're, they're just, you know, almost every season we have one of them. Yeah. Most of them suck, but some of them are good. Every once in a while, there are good ones. Uh, I like uh, Duncan Ropa. That um, one I didn't watch, but I've heard it's good fun. Things. Um, it, the only problem with it is like the second season is like a video game, so you can't like just watch three seasons of anime. You have to like read the description or oh, play the video yeah. game. I hate it when they make like other media platforms canon. Yeah, because it's like, well, what if I don't have a PlayStation Five? Well, and it's like. A season, so yeah. like you'll miss out if you don't. Like if you picked up the next anime season, you just completely lost. Yeah, of course. no, I, I tried that; it didn't work. Um, I had to go back and like read it. Um, but yeah, uh, I I enjoy Squid Games. I also think that it's nice that we're getting foreign language uh, television shows that are you know kind of breaking the the bounds here in like the states. Um, yeah, and like you know, I I think it's it's. Any media from Korea and Japan that we're getting over here, I'm excited to see. So. Yeah, it should be good. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that we really uh, we have a whole lot more to talk about, being as how we've got this uh, beefy boy episode up ahead. So I think it's time for us to go ahead and check in with Studio WEEB for some anime news. So up first, uh, I think this is actually a really cool story. Netflix announced on Wednesday that the Japanese dub of the live action adaptation of Sunrise's Cowboy Bebop anime will feature the original anime's cast reprising their roles. Titan uh, Kusunoki will replace the late uh, Uncho Ishizuka as the voice of Jet Black. Uh, other new cast members include uh, Masako Isobe uh, as Mao, uh, originally voiced by Kazuki Ito, and Romi Park as Shin, whom Nobuyuki Hiyama voiced in the original anime. Uh, the live-action series will premiere on November 19th, and the series will have 10 episodes. So I just think it's nifty that uh, they'll have the original like Japanese voice actors like having something to do with the show, too. So Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, uh, and I mean, also, like, you know, for how awesome the English dub of Cowboy Beef was, it's often lost that the voice acting crew and the, the Japanese version were also really good. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, I think that... You know, it remains to be seen if it's any good. Yeah. But what I will say is everything I've seen so far, I haven't been disappointed. I haven't really had anything to be too angry about uh, yet. I just, only thing I want to see is some Ed, but I think they're just saving that yeah. for us. Oh, yeah. You got to gotta, gotta hold a little bit back. I right? am curious who who's going to play Ed, but, I, I think but we shall be. see. I'm, I'm excited for the surprise. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about this show later on too, but the next thing I want to discuss is that, uh, the official website for the television anime of Kotaro Shono's, uh, World's End Harem science fiction manga announced on Friday. Science, the science fiction manga really describes that. Uh, air quotes on that. <laughs> Um, science fiction manga announced on Friday that the anime's production committee has delayed the anime's episode two and later episodes uh, from this fall to January 2022 due to a need to quote unquote closely examine <laughs> the anime's production. In addition, episode one will air as scheduled but will not stream until January 2022. Crunchyroll has slated to stream the anime this season. Uh, we shall see. Mm-hmm. Um, that one might end up on High Dive. Um, <laughs> it might end up on High Dive or it might end up on Pornhub. It, it, it could definitely end up on Pornhub. Um, we uh, watched it through the window of Back Alley. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have some stuff to say about it later. Um, the other thing that's going to happen in January that's probably not quite as hype as World's End Harem, but is is pretty close, um, is uh, Attack on Titan. Yeah. <laughs> the official website uh, for the Attack on Titan, uh, the final season anime, announced on Wednesday that the season's part two will premiere with episode 76, Donzai or Sentencing, on the NHK General Channel on January 9th, uh, 2022 at... 2405 effectively january 10th at 12:05 a.m the website is also streaming a promotional video for the anime which you should go check out there's not really any like big spoilers or yeah. anything but you know it's cool it's building the hype i'm ready for some attack on titan let's do this yeah it's got some cool visuals i think it's going to be really good um i'm excited for it can't wait this is we're, we're doing it we're finally doing it we thought we were doing it last time we weren't but we we think we are now and i think we're good 
We're doing it live. We're doing it live. But you know what else is doing it live? Um, <laughs> not this transition, because it doesn't make any sense. This year's 45th episode of Shushe, uh, Shueisha... Uh, I'm going to start that one over again. Shueisha. I always fuck that one up. This year's 45th episode of Shueisha Weekly, uh, Shueisha's Weekly Young Jump revealed on Thursday that Aka Akasaka's Kaguya-sama Love is War uh, manga is entering its final arc. The manga will also take a break in the magazine's next issue and will return in the 47th issue on October 21st. Uh, the manga had gone into hiatus on in May so that Akasaka could write and compose the manga's new act. Um, so this is huge, you know. Uh, we've we've been we've been pretty pretty faithfully following uh, Love Is War ever since it started airing, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, um, seeing the manga come to a close kind of makes you wonder when is the when when is the show gonna start wrapping up? Yeah, or when are we gonna get season three? Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not a question of if even; it's a question of when. It was so wildly popular. If they if they don't do it, what's wrong with them? But um, yeah, kind of sad to see it go. Yeah, but uh, hopefully they wrap it up well. Hopefully they end up like holding hands or something. Yeah. I, it's going to be a tricky one for them to end because it's like such a competition. Like, how do you have a satisfying conclusion? To yeah, so. I am really curious about how how this story is going to end. Um, so we're, we'll just have to wait and see because I am not reading the manga at the moment. Um, but you know, you know how much uh, it, it kind of sucks to hear about you know manga and things that you like coming to an end so that's why i brought you another one this year's 46th <laughs> issue of kodansha's weekly shonen magazine revealed on wednesday that atsushi okubo's fire force manga has entered its final arc uh okubo previously hinted in the author commentary of the manga's 23rd book uh in may 2020 that the manga was in its final stage and that he is planning for fire force to be his final manga um, so this is kind of, it, it's kind of sad for me because I was really hoping to see Fire Force turn into like kind of like a long running shonen just because I really love the universe and I love the lore and I love, you know, the, the setting of this show. So uh, this is also something that I would love to see wrapped up like because because I love the lore so much like I'd love to see what the conclusion of this story is. Yeah, but I just I feel like it could have definitely had the kind of longevity that you see at thing that I am can't speak anymore because i'm deaf um it uh you know it it has the kind of longevity that you might see out of like a not necessarily a one piece because one piece is never going to die um but uh you know maybe something more along the lines of like a naruto or black clover or you know a longer running shonen which is i'm kind of i want one that doesn't bore me yeah i see y yes and no i mean we have long running shonen that don't bore us there's Demon Slayer is going to run for a while. Uh, is it? How long is it going to run for? Uh, I mean, I think a while. Yeah. Um, my Hero uh, is pretty, like... But even that's going to be wrapping up soon, too. I guess so. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I, I like uh, a complete story, all in all. So, you know, I, a good, like, you know, 150 episode show, I think, is, like, a, a good, long, but, like fulfilling story no nah, i want another naruto i want a, i want another like super long-running show just, that i can just like do, just watch just you know? do one piece that's like three no that's well that's the thing it's too late one. now it's too i i missed the the one piece train nah, like i can't can do it i believe in you no I, maybe I, not that'll if be, i'm gonna still do this podcast maybe that'll be best boys season three is us just doing one piece just watching one piece <laughs> yeah. i don't i somehow i don't think that's gonna come along <laughs> if you if we we start a patreon and we make enough money that i can quit my job i'll 
watch One Piece. That's the only way I'll have time. As you're living. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) All right. All right. Pay me to watch anime and I will watch One Piece. We'll see what we can make happen. Yeah. But, uh, you know, talking about uh, getting paid to watch anime, uh, I think it's time for us to go ahead and roll on into the meat and potatoes of this week's episode. I'm not... I'm not singing. I'm not singing a song mm, this week. Meat and potatoes. I will sing a song if it means we don't have to air that. Do it. <laughs> sing a song. No, just air it. Whatever. Meat and potatoes. Just put whatever you want. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, let's uh, let's talk. Let's like address the elephant in the room here, as as far as we're talking about the fall 2021 season, which is. It feels manageable. Yeah, I think... So, my takeaway of this season as a whole is that there is something for everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, There's not a ton of things for everybody, but, like, whatever your niche, your thing that you're into, there's, like, a decent show out there for you to watch this season. Like, every genre is covered. Yeah. Um... There is an overabundance of mecha franchises this season. This yeah, season that is reason. that is very interesting. There too. are a lot, and and what I will say is like there's a, <coughs> there's a couple big hitters, but like not any. It's still it's not like winter or or spring was. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's somewhere in between, like summer and that. I would say. Yeah. Um, there's also more vampire yeah, stories. Vampires are big right now in anime we're, we're having a vampire renaissance i feel like it kind of comes in waves because like yeah. there was that one period like maybe like i don't know what was it like six seven years ago eight years ago maybe where there are a bunch more like vampire yeah, anime yeah. and then like it kind of we didn't have anything for a while and maybe now we're back on the upstep with you know stuff like uh what's coming out this season and yeah. you had what mars red last season mm-hmm. you had vanitas and, yeah we had two last season we yeah. have to this season no, i think we had three last season didn't we what, what was, was the, the other one we had vanitas and that. i don't remember a third one maybe there wasn't a third one <laughs> i don't remember but either way there's a lot it's it's uh it's coming more more vampire than you usually get in yeah. a season so enjoy you you're welcome um but i think uh you know we really kind of have to jump right into it we're yeah. going to talk about brand new anime first and we I was thinking about saving this one for last when I was putting the doc together, but I can't. I have to get it out of the way. We've already talked about it it. so much as it is. Yeah, so we have to talk about Comey Can't Communicate, which will be airing Thursdays uh, on Netflix, um, I believe, starting on October 21st. Uh, We're, this was the, this was, I think, in the first episode of this show, we talked about Comey, and we've been talking about it ever since. Yeah. And finally... I don't know if there's been an episode where we haven't mentioned Comey. Yeah, like, we've either been hoping, we've been mentioning Comey, talking about how we desperately want a Comey anime, and then talking about how we finally have one on the horizon, and now it's finally here, which means I can die happy 12 episodes from now. (laughs) Um, but yeah, let's, uh, you know, let's uh, talk a little bit about the, uh, the show, um, it's coming to us from OLM. Uh, they've done pretty much all of the Pokemon stuff. They did Berserk, they did Odd Taxi, and they did Zoid. Love Zoids. We love some Zoids. That's going to be our Patreon project. We're going to watch Zoids. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, it, we'll do a watch along. It'll be great. Um, but uh, as far as what the show is about, it's Shoko Komi's first day at the prestigious Itan Private High School, and she has already risen to the status of the school's Madonna. With long black hair and a tall, graceful appearance, she captures the attention of anyone who comes across her. 
There's just one problem, though. Despite her popularity, Shoko is terrible at communicating with others. Hitohito Tadano is your average high school boy with his life motto of read the situation and make sure to stay away from trouble. It's good advice. I mean, that's uh, not wrong. <laughs> he quickly finds that sitting next to Shoko has made him the enemy of everyone in his class. One day, knocked out by accident, Hitohito later wakes up to the sound of Shoko's meow. Uh, that makes sense if you read the manga, but it won't make sense to you right now. <laughs> he lies that he heard nothing, causing Shoko to run away. But before she can escape, Hitohito surmises that Shoko is not able to talk to others easily. In fact, she has never been able to make a single friend. Hitohito resolves to uh, help Shoko with her goal of making 100 friends so that she can overcome her communication disorder. It's it's aggressively adorable. It's so good. And I'm very upset that uh, we, weren't, we weren't able to like watch the first episode before doing this show um just because for whatever reason it's going to be in netflix jail for two weeks after it actually started in which Japan. is better than a whole season it's better than a whole season but like and part of me was like gonna was like trying to convince myself like we should just delay the episode we should wait we should wait no, we can't no, no, do no. it we'd it'd be too late um but I'm really excited for this show. I've watched all of the trailers. The trailers look fantastic. Yeah. The voice actors are amazing. Um, I I'm, haven't seen anything that's made me worried yet. Yeah, like everything I've seen about it has been exactly what I've always wanted it to be. Um, so I'm very excited for this. Uh, I can't wait to get started on it. I'm, I will probably watch it at midnight, the very moment it drops on Netflix. Yes. Um, so you've heard us talk about it. You've heard us pine after it. And now it's here. It's here. Enjoy it. The next um, one was a surprise for us. Next one was a surprise for me particularly because when I first saw this one, I didn't think I was going to like it, like just from reading the uh, the synopsis, but I actually quite enjoyed it. And that's going to be Tact Op Destiny, which is coming I'm on so Wednesdays. I'm so glad you said that because I'm like, Tact OP Destiny. Yeah. Like, no, it's, it's so awkward to I don't say. know what it means, and I don't know that that's how you pronounce it, but I did it with confidence, and that's what matters. <laughs> um, but it's going to be streaming Wednesdays on Crunchyroll. Um, and I believe also Funimation. I didn't update these. I know the, uh, when I, when I did my first pass, Crunchyroll had announced more of their stuff than Funimation right. did. Um, so if you, if you hear something and you're like, it's also on Funimation, I already know you. Yeah. Know that one I'm pretty sure is on Funimation. Um, that I'll, one I'll, yeah. I'll jump into. Platinum end also, but we'll talk yeah. about that later. Um, but this one's coming to us from Studio Mappa. I'm pretty sure you've heard of them before. Uh, they did Jujutsu Kaisen, Attack on Titan, Dororo, God of High School, Zombieland Saga, Dora Hidoro, Hajime no Ippo Rising, uh, Remain, and Yasuke. Uh, so some big names Never on there. Never heard of any of yeah, them. Yeah, just bit parts. Uh, and then also in partnership with Madhouse, which is amazing because these are two <laughs> studios that are really good. Uh, Madhouse did uh, Death Note, One Punch Man, Hunter Hunter, No Game, No Life, High School of the Dead, Black Lagoon, which that's is my personal this, recommendation. That's why this looks... Yeah, that's why it looks so, so good, beautiful. right? Yeah. Uh, Overlord, Monster, Trigun, My Love Story, uh, Chihaya Furu, A Place Further Than the Universe, Ace of Diamond, No Guns Life, and Sunny Boy. Wow, they do a lot of work. Um, this one uh, is kind of... The, the synopsis doesn't do it justice, but we'll talk about it afterwards. Um, one day, a black meteorite fell on the world, and the world completely changed. The meteorite produced grotesque monsters called D2, which started running rampant. Not the Mighty Ducks. Not the Mighty Ducks, no. Uh, D2 very quickly banned all uh, all music, which was the one thing able to overcome them. But there were some people who resisted the D2. They are young women who hold the power of music, the music art. These young women hold scores that are able to defeat the monsters. And there are also people who lead these women, the conductor. 
The anime takes place in America in the year 2047, which has fallen to ruin thanks to the D2. I guess they got there before climate change did. <laughs> uh, Tact, a conductor, is partnered with a music art named Unmei. Tact yearns for music to be returned to the world, and Unmei wishes to destroy the D2. Their aim is to travel to New York. Just don't. This, I mean, this show is so anime. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't It doesn't get more anime than this. And, like, what I wrote, like, you know, when I was watching these shows, because I watched almost everything we're going to talk about today, um, I, I wrote, like, a little one sentence under one most of the ones that I watched. And the one that I wrote for this one was, what if Carol and Tuesday was a battle anime, JK, but also maybe not? I mean, it's not too far off from the truth. It's... Everything only makes sense in the context of the show just because of anime. Yeah. Right? Like, in no other medium could you get away telling this wild-ass yeah. weird story. But, like, it's beautiful. It's um, very And it beautiful. doesn't really need to make sense to do what it needs to do. Um, yeah. It seems like it's going to be fun. I like... Um, so, you have the... Uh, conductor who likes arm disappears randomly for mm-hmm. reasons. Um, and he just wants to play music, right? And then you have the music art who just like wants to eat and is like kind of like a robot. And then, like, I can relate, fight <laughs> and then like fights these monsters. And then you have like the person who's wrangling them. And I love her, she's like one yeah. of my favorite characters. She reminds me of the um, one of the uh, girls who's trying to like. From the insurance company and Trigun. Oh, the short girl, not Millie. Yeah, um, yeah, Her friend, yeah. Yeah, I was, like, just really trying to do her job. Yeah. And, like, has to deal with these, like, she always ridiculous has the personalities. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, this uh, this is really good. Um, visually, this anime is stunning. Um, but also, the music is fantastic, which yes. it has to be. We talked about this with the... Uh, with uh, I think of a piano anime we were talking about, well, like anytime you're do you're doing a show about music, the music has yeah, to be yeah. good. Like it can't suck. Um, the music in this show is really really good, um, and I just feel like the concept is really like kind of refreshing and exciting. You know? Yeah, it's definitely you've never seen anything like this. this no, you certainly sure. have not. Um, so speaking of something that like you've seen plenty of, uh, we have Platinum End, which is another uh, like battle to the death uh type anime mm-hmm. it comes to us from signal md uh who have made flcl progressive Pretty and clean. mars red um it's going to be airing fridays on crunchyroll um and you can also tell that it is from the creators of death note yeah that is not a secret <laughs> you watch it for 10 minutes and you will know yeah so after the death of his parents a young mirai uh kakehashi is left in the care of his abusive relatives since then, he has become a gloomy and, de- and depressed, leading him to attempt suicide on the evening of his middle school graduation. Mirai, however, is saved by a pure white girl named Nase, who introduces herself as a guardian angel wishing to give him happiness by granting him supernatural powers and a chance to become the new god. In order to earn the position, he must defeat 12 other god candidates within 999 days. Soon Mirai begins a struggle to survive as a terrifying battle royale erupts between him and the candidates looking to obtain the most power in the world. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, if you need a fix after Squid Games and it has to be currently airing, this is your best bet. Yeah. I actually, <laughs> I, I liked this show more than I thought I would, at least from the first episode of it that I watched. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I didn't intend, expect to be interested in it, but I am kind of curious. I, I, I want to know more about like the setting. I want to understand more about the angels. Um, I, I, I like me a good death game yeah. show, like Hunger Games, like all that sort of stuff. Battle Royale, if you have not watched it, is a Japanese live action film, yep. is arguably the best of all time and one of the like original it's ones. It's the progenitor of the Battle Royale genre yeah. that we're seeing in video games specifically right now, too. So like uh, PUBG, that's that's Battle Royale <laughs> the anime, like or not the anime, the, the movie. The video game. The video game. Whatever platform it's on. <laughs> um... But yeah, uh, it, it's interesting. I'm going to keep watching it probably. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's got like, it's interesting twist. If you're in the mood for that, I think it'll totally suffice. But check out Danganronpa. Check out Battle Royale. Definitely if you haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, even though it's not anime, it's It's still it's Japanese. Worth a it's great. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're a culture pod now too. Yeah, sure. Um, the next show is The Blue Period, which airs Saturdays on Netflix. It comes to us from Seven Arcs, who gave us Tonikawa and Sekirei. <laughs> um, it's second-year uh, high school student, Yatori Yaguchi, is bored with his normal life. He studies well and plays with his friends, but in truth, he does not enjoy either of those activities. Bound by norms, he secretly envies those who do things differently. And that is until he discovers the joy of drawing. When he sees a painting made by the member of the arts club, Yatora becomes fascinated with colors used in it. Later, in an art exercise, he tries to convey his language without words, but instead through painting. After that experience, Yatora finds himself so invested in art that he decides that it is what he wants to do for a living. But there stand multiple obstacles in his way. His parents are hesitant to, uh, over his unique choices. His more experienced peers and his study of the subject much deeper than he initially expected. Uh, I enjoyed it. It's not... Uh, so far, it's not a, the as competitive as I thought it was going to be, mm -hmm. um, but I, I think it's going to tell an interesting story. It's beautiful so far. Yep. Um, Which again, it better be because it's an anime <laughs> about art. Yeah, it's um, like a music anime, not having good music. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it is gorgeous. Um, I it, it's it's in my maybe list still. I'll probably give it another episode just like because uh, I don't know it didn't quite grab me and also like I'm kind of shaky about uh, Yatora's kind of motivations. Like it it doesn't it, it makes a couple of leaps that I I guess I wasn't ready to make with the character all in one episode. So like I don't know. I'm gonna give it a, a shot. I'm gonna keep watching it. But uh, you know it's not uh, it's not in my not as high up in my cue as i thought it was going to be i i still really enjoy it i think it's going to tell a really nice story um as someone who kind of went that route you know through high school and college and pursuing a career in the arts um hmm. initially like I, I i think it'll be interesting to see kind of the japanese version of that story yeah uh, play out so 
I'm going to check it out. I'll, I will report back how it goes. Excellent. Next up in our new anime section, we have The Faraway Paladin, which is going to be streaming on Saturdays on Crunchyroll. Uh, this comes to us from Children's Playground Entertainment, which is a name that I had never heard before uh, studio-wise, but they actually have two anime out uh, this season, I believe. So, oh. you know, maybe they're they're making moves, uh, but they don't have anything, uh, you know, major that they've done in the past to talk, worth talking about. Um but yeah, and the Faraway Paladin uh, takes place in the City of the Dead. Long since ruined and far from human civilization, there lives a single human child. His name is Will, and he's being raised by three undead. The hardy skeletal warrior Blood, the graceful mummified priestess Mary, and the crotchety spectral sorcerer Gus. The three pour love into the boy and teach him all they know. But one day, Will starts to wonder, who am I? Will must unravel the mysteries of his this faraway dead man's land and unearth the secret pacts of the undead. He must learn the love and the mercy of the good gods, the bigotry and madness of the bad, and when he knows it all, the boy will take his first step on the path to becoming a paladin. Uh, this show's interesting. It's uh, it's an it's an odd take on this kind of fantasy hero's journey type of story. You know what I mean? Yeah. Every time I hear "Who am I?", I just think. Air to God, oh, of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, this show's kind of neat. It um, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Dragon Quest: The Dies Adventure, and that like the main character grows up with like monsters instead of normal like humans, and that that kind of colors his view on the world. Um, the world that they're building is super interesting. Like they had like introduce you to the entire pantheon of like the various like gods hmm. uh, in the first episode, and like you get some like backstory as to like they're like yes they're undead, but they actually have really interesting stories. Um, you know that they of their life that they lived before undying, hmm. um, before undying. Yeah, so like uh, I'm I'm definitely gonna keep watching it because I'm just curious. I really I, I'm really curious about how this concept will play out. Um, but yeah, so far so good on this one. All right. Yeah. Um, another one that I actually really like, uh, that's airing this season is banished from the hero's party. I decided to live a quiet life in the countryside. Uh, I love these light novel titles. Um, <laughs> It's going to be streaming Wednesdays on Funimation. It comes to us from Studio Flad, who I'd never heard of Flad, before. Yeah, yeah. Flad. Um, and Wolfsbane, who did Peter Grill and the Philosopher's Time, oh. uh, which you watched, right? Or you I watched, watched like, like a couple episode episodes, one episode. Yeah. yeah. I didn't watch it. Um, so this is a new, th- uh, new studio for me. Um, but it follows the story of Red, who was once a member of the Heroes Party, a powerful group destined to save the world from the evil forces of Taraxon, the raging demon lord. That is, until one of his comrades kicks him out. Hoping to live the easy life on the frontier, Red's new goal is to open an apothecary. However, keeping the secret of his former life may not be as simple as he thinks, especially when the beautiful Reet, an adventurer from his past, shows up and asks to move in with him. Um, I think this story is really interesting. Uh, the sentence that I wrote after watching it was, I feel like this is what I wanted Drugstore in Another World to be, mm-hmm. which is basically like the idea of like this... like the main character who just goes around collecting like herbs and ingredients to make his potions. But like, whereas drugstore in another world just didn't have a story. It was just like little vignettes into a world that I had no attachment to and didn't really care about Mm -hmm. other than the fact that the characters were really cute. This one actually has like this bat, this story that is going on in the background, both like in his past and actively at this moment, 
Like, the hero's party is still doing stuff without him there, but it's happening kind of divorced from his current reality. Um, and I'm interested to see, because definitely those two things are going to collide at some point, but I'm interested to see in how the show gets there. Um, so, you know, if this kind of, uh, if you're kind of looking for a fantasy anime that isn't an isekai, I got you right here. Hey, a real fantasy anime. Hell yeah. Who would have thought they existed? Um... The next one is Maruko-chan, which I was shocked by how much I enjoyed this one after yeah. one episode. I knew you, I, I had a really strong feeling you were going to like this it's, one. Um, it's Sundays uh, on Funimation uh, from Passion, um, who mm-hmm. is famous for Interspecies Reviewers, Rail Wars, Rail Wars, Higurashi When They Cry, Guo. Um, <laughs> uh, can I just say real quick that we can we can probably cut this if we want, but like uh, anytime I hear the phrase uh, "interspecies reviewers," have you ever uh, you ever see Clerks? Sure, you remember the part where they're talking about interspecies erotica? That's Sh- always what comes to mind. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. Anyway, um, that's yeah. Interspecies reviewers, yeah. Um, and now but, you'll never not hear it. Yep, yep. That's uh, Studio Passion. Um, Miko is a typical high school student whose life turns upside down when she suddenly starts to see gruesome and hideous monsters. Despite being completely terrified, Miko carries on with her daily life, pretending not to notice the horrors that surround her. She must endure the fear in order to keep herself and her friend Hana out of danger, even if that means coming face to face with the absolute worst. Blending both comedy and horror, Maruka-chan tells the story of a girl who tries to deal with the paranormal by acting indifferent towards it. Um, It's it's like shockingly good. The first time, you know, uh, something shows up, like there's like something that darts by in the like far distance. You're yeah. Like, oh, something's going to happen. They do like a paranormal activity yeah. kind of and thing. And then like the ghost shows up and it's the, the ghosts are kind of um, in like that uh, kind of like older Japanese, like black and white style yeah. of like horror. Um, they use drawings. a very interesting like shade of like purple gray. Yeah. Um, but they're just like these kind of hideous forms of humans. And they're just like, can you see me? And like all up in her business. And she's just like sitting there shaking. And she's like, where, where's the bus? I'm still waiting for it. <laughs> Um, or like she's in her bathroom, like brushing her teeth and there's like one like right behind her. Yeah. It's like really like creepy moments, but at the same time, like the rest of the show is just like this happy little slice of life. I think there might be like a Yuri element to it. Um, but it's just like a really cute story and her reactions are kind of priceless yeah i think uh, i think it's a really cute take on the paranormal genre it has a very nice op and ed um i did really appreciate the you know the art the way the ghosts were drawn because like Mm -hmm. we were talking earlier and i was mentioning like yeah most of the time like ghosts and monsters that they make in like anime and manga are just like eh, whatever to me like they don't they don't they don't really have any effect on me but like these ghosts are i actually found to be like really creepy and really well done um, so I appreciated that. And it was, you know, it's really clear that the artist loves drawing two things, ghosts and butts. Yep. And I respect it. Yeah. He, he knew what into... he wanted to draw and he <laughs> went after it. There are details. It's not like a 
particularly lecherous show. It's not like, super etchy. You just can tell the dude loves drawing butts. Yeah. Um, they're well detailed. They are. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think this show is definitely worth a watch. It's, it's a nice Halloween show. Yeah, so it's like, surprisingly good. It's funny and creepy. It it's one of those shows that actually is able to blend horror and yeah. comedy, which is a tough tough to do. Yeah, it ticks all the boxes. Um, the next show is also surprisingly good, and <laughs> it's got another long title: "The World's Finest Assassin Gets Reincarnated in Another World as an Aristocrat." Um, this comes to us from Silverlink, who has done Bofuri, The Great Jahi Won't Be Defeated, My Next Life is a Villainous, uh, and Studio Palette, um, who pretty much only did this. But, like, Silverlink is kind of, like, perfect for this sort yeah. of world. This is right, in the, right up their alley. Yeah. Um, the Great Assassin, uh, The Greatest Assassin on Earth, knew only how to live as a tool for his employers until they stopped letting him live. Reborn by the grace of a goddess into a world of swords and sorcery, he has offered a chance to do things differently this time around. But there's a catch. He has to eliminate a super-powerful hero who will bring about the end of the world unless he is stopped. Now known as... Log Tatha Day, the master assassin, certainly has his hands full, particularly because of all the beautiful girls who <laughs> consistently surround him. Lug may have been an incomparable killer, but how will he fare against foes with powerful magic? Um, it reminds me a lot of uh, Jobless Reincarnation. I wrote in here, Jobful Reincarnation. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, there's, like, this new trend in Isekai where, like, the protagonists actually, like, are smart. And they're like, oh, I'm going to, like, min-max this character, yeah. like, right yeah. off the bat. That was my favorite part of this. Uh, of I think it actually happened in the second episode. But, like... Um, my favorite part of the introduction to this world has been like his character creation process. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, his thought process was interesting, and I also like how his like assassin family like yeah. um, does everything. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting story. I love the the art style. I I liked the the contrast they provided between like his world and the new world. I thought that was really well done. Um, yeah, I like it. It has a lot of jobless reincarnation vibes it just does. in the kind they, of way it seems like it's going to tell the story. They actually, and I think it, it is a direct reference at one point. Oh, like, for sure. I, I'm not sure. Like, I can't say 100% sure that like I, they were I doing that thing. Too. But I, I think it was, I yeah. I think so, too. Um, but yeah, this one's really good. But the next one, this is one that I've been very excited for. And I think, like, once, once every, like, season or so... I will say, hey, this is a this is an anime that I read the manga for, and it's really good. Um, and this is the one for this season. It's um, well, there's two, but this is the big one. <laughs> this is the biggest one. Oh um, yeah, not Comey. Well, Comey is a whole different story. That's <laughs> we're we're talking about. I'm talking about lesser known, you know, things, stuff that you've never heard of because you're not like me. 
um, who is weird and on the internet a lot. Uh, that show that is on the internet where I am is My Senpai is Annoying, uh, which is going to be streaming Sundays on Funimation. It comes to us from Doga Kobo, who I, as as I was writing this, realized did a lot of my, yeah. some of my favorite shows. Uh, they did Gabriel Dropout, How Heavy Are the Dumbbells You Lift, Helpful Fox Senko-san, Sing Yesterday to Me, Asteroid in Love, and uh, Rom-Com Where the Childhood Friend Won't Lose. Um... And the story centers around Igarashi Futaba's new job, which would be great if her senpai, Takira Harumi, wasn't so incredibly annoying. Futaba hates his laugh, she hates how big he is, and she hates how that he treats her like a little kid. Just because Futaba is short and looks young doesn't make her a kid, and just because she spends so much time with Takira doesn't mean she sees him as anything but an annoying senpai. Or does she? Um, This show is really, really good. I love the dynamic that they have. Um, There are also a lot of very satisfying, like, side stories in this uh, this manga. Um, I think one thing that people are going to be confused about, and one thing that I think you were also, uh, had pointed out, is that, like, the senpai doesn't seem very annoying. And I think that has something to do with the... um, with the translation, my senpai is annoying. The word for annoying that they're translating here could also kind of accurately be translated as just a nuisance, like not like an annoyance, like a yeah. more of a mild nuisance. Um, so I think that's kind of why where people expect it to be like overbearingly annoying. And in I, reality, he's I really think, just kind of. Goofy. I mean, saying that he's the senpai, I think we're expecting like you know reverse. Nagatoro or something, yeah, but yeah. like you, you can't do reverse Nagatoro because that's just it, it's, like physical abuse. Yeah, um, but like the thing is, like he he is not like he is a like a heartwarmingly like like a wholesomely annoying yeah person, not like a he's like dad annoying. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's got, got that he's got that dad like dad energy. energy. Like he's always like patting her head, and yeah. she's like, "I'm not a kid, no." And then he goes, "Ah." <laughs> um, but yeah, the, I really like this uh, this manga, and the show has been really good so far. The animation is well done. The colors, the thing that, that really stood out to me is that the colors really pop off the screen in this show. So, like, you remember, like, the shade of green her hair is, or, like, the textures of their clothing. It's really, really well done. I am just excited that it's another love story that is about adults. Yeah. And, and a workplace story, too, because I think that's a fun genre that... that you know, you get sometimes in anime, but not yeah. always. You get it in Wodakoi. Uh, most of the times, like when you have this kind of uh, um, like rom like rom com that's set in the adult age space, um, it, it ends up being like a workplace thing, just because like the Where reason else why do adults go exactly so like you, you have you have like your your rom-coms that are set in in high school because where else do high school age kids go but school yeah. um unless you're tokyo avengers we'll put that to the side um and then like you have your adults which where else do they go they go to work um and i think i really appreciate that like the way that that kind of keeps it contained into like a set um boundary of expectations yeah. um there is, uh, I think the you know th- they're few and far between, but they do exist. And I one of the ones that I am reading that I would hope to see next up for like their anime debut is one that's called uh, "Can You Keep a Secret." It's about like a, an office romance that takes place in secret, and it's really cute. Ooh. So that's there's our next one. There's a manga recommendation for you as a bonus. Um, what did you think about this one? I loved it. I thought it was really cute. Um, I also, I, you know, said to you, I was like, I don't think he was that annoying. Yeah. Um, 
but uh, I love their dynamic. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to fit in real nice with the Tonikawa's, the My Love Definitely. stories, yeah. the, um, you know, Girlfriend, Girlfriend. Wotakoi. Wotakoi. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to let you let me slip that in there. Uh, Wait, what happened? What did I miss? <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. What did you say? <laughs> you can hear it back Play later it back. <laughs> oh, anyway. Uh, another show that I was really excited for, we had talked about on and off uh, on the pod during the um, some of our anime news segments, is uh, Tsuki to Laika to Nosferatu, which uh, is localized to Arena, the Vampire Cosmonaut. The reason I kept the original Japanese name in there is because it had Laika in it, and I like that name. It's a cute name, and mm-hmm. R.I.P. Laika. Um, this one comes to us on Mondays from Funimation, and it's uh, produced by, or it's uh, the studio is animated by Arvo Animation, which did Monster Girl Doctor, which I did that, not watch. That but was a thing. It was a thing. Um, luckily, this one seems to be a little bit better than that. Um, it's about the, uh, uh, the basically uh, like an alternate uh, timeline version of the space race. Uh, the first astronaut in human history was a vampire girl. Following the end of World War II, the world-dividing superpowers, Federal Republic of Zernitra in the east, and the United Kingdom of Aranak in the west, turned their territorial ambitions towards space. Which are Russia and the United States, respectively, and it is, yeah. like, so thinly veiled. Oh, yeah, like, the the, the, the abbreviation for, for Zernitra is the UZSR. Like, come on. <laughs> they just turned the S around. Yeah. Um, but both countries have been uh, compe- competing fiercely for development. Uh in what east history 1960 anyway um <laughs> we're gonna just gurgiev the chief leader of the republic announces the manned space flight program project mechtat which uh, means dream which ex- if successful would be the first would be the first feat for humankind at that time lev leps a substitute astronaut candidate is ordered to perform a top secret mission the nosferatu project a program which experiments with vampires prior to manned missions We'll use Irina Luminesque as a test subject, and Lev is to monitor and train her. Even while trifled by the walls of race and the ego of the nations, Lev and Irina share a genuine sentiment as they aim for the universe. Um, this show is really, really cute. I love the lore behind the vampires in this sh- in this show too. Uh-huh. Like basically, like they lived alongside humans until there was a plague that the vampires got blamed on. But like they don't like have special like super special powers like vampires do. Um, they just have like they a, eat normal human food. Yeah, they eat normal human food. They just have mild versions of what like the established anime yeah. trope is, and I like, think that's they really don't fun. Like like being out in the sun. Yeah, they just get bad sunburn, like yeah. they don't melt. Um uh, but yeah, it's a really interesting show. The setting is really interesting. Uh, I love the way they've kind of animeified the Cold War a little bit. It's oh yeah, it, it's it's, <laughs> it's it's better than Schwartz's Markin because so far there's a whole lot less incest. So far, so far. Um, what did you? How did you feel about this one? It's interesting. Um, I I thought it was a really good looking show. Yeah. Um, I was kind of surprised with how uh, how nice the animation and the colors were for it um it, it's i'm not 100 percent sold on okay it. that's fair um it could go either way i think it could be really interesting or it could just kind of like flounder yeah um but we'll see i'd be interested to keep uh to keep watching it cool um the next show you're not really going to be able to keep watching until <laughs> january actually um <laughs> 
Up next, we're going to talk about World's End Harem, um, which is supposed to be airing Fridays on Crunchyroll, except it will not be streaming on Crunchyroll if you listen to the news. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's let's tell you what this what this show is actually about. So the man killer virus, a lethal disease that has eradicated ninety nine point nine percent of the world's male population. Uh, Mizuhara Raito has been uh, in cryogenic sleep for the past five years. Uh, leaving behind Tachibana Erisa, the girl of his dreams. When Reito awakes from the deep freeze, he emerges into a sex-crazed new world where he himself is the planet's most precious resource. Sato and four other male studs are given lives of luxury in one simple mission, repopulate the world by impregnating as many women as possible. All Reito wants, however, is to find his beloved Erisa, who went missing three years ago. Can Reito resist temptation and find his one true love? Uh, I wrote down why the last man but horny and weeby. Yeah, this, <laughs> this show is exactly what it says on the box. Like, there is no... There's no hidden message. There's no secret. It's it's like the most basic like play to male fantasy yeah. that gamble anyone could ever make. It's just like what what's the perfect scenario yeah. for like the weebiest I can't get a woman. It's like you're the last man on earth. You have to repopulate the world. It, it's almost offensive in its like it's like how how blatantly it flouts it like yeah. it's like this is exactly what i am and i dare you yeah. to say anything about and, it and and the whole setup of the show is that you know it's this sex crazed world and and this guy is like no i'm i'm not going to partake so like you know it's just setting up just like He's women the sigma male well, just, like, women throwing themselves at him and, like, taking their boobs out mm-hmm. and, like, just an excuse to show nudity and, you know, panty shots and all the, you know, typical anime yeah. things. This is this is the um, interspecies reviewers of this season. But it's almost worse because, like, okay, so, like, you have all of the 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 thinly veiled misogyny that you always have in this kind of show but then you also get in a kind of in your face misogyny where they're like they're like yeah all the men died and society went down the hole (laughs) it's like we couldn't figure out how to do anything because all the men are dead uh you should just watch why the last man (laughs) yeah don't watch this show yes Um, this you will hear about this show again in the future and it will be the unfortunate subject of an anime's was a mistake episode that's not an episode you want to be on (laughs) yes exactly unless your domestic girlfriend which is a masterpiece Mm. (laughs) op was good op was good um up next is actually probably the the better etchy show of the two. Yeah. Um, and it's the fruit of evolution. Before I knew it, my life had it made. Uh, it's going to be airing Tuesdays on Crunchyroll from Feel, who also did my teen romantic comedy Snafu, which I need to see at some point, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Suki ga kar- Kaire. Kire. Kire. Uh, Children's Playground uh, Entertainment. We talked about it. earlier. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so... Uh, Seiichi Hiragi 
is an ugly, revolting, dirty, smelly, fat ass. Oh, God. Yeah. Brutal. Uh, These are the insults hurled at him, one after another, about his appearance. Such was Seiichi's miserable school life. One day, a voice claiming to be God announced over the public address system to prepare to be transported to another world. The entire school, including Seiichi, uh, were sent to a fantasy world featuring game-like elements such as levels, stats, and skills. However, the God still had preparations to complete for the transfer and would send them over uh, as the hero summoning ritual was ready. The classes all formed groups to wait for the transfer, but Seiichi alone was excluded, and such was summoned to a different area. After being transported, the first thing Seiichi ate was the fruits of evolution, which would come to greatly change his life. The story follows Seiichi from being bullied by his classmates, neglected as a companion uh, to his hard work, positive attitude, and surviving in this new world. As a result, he becomes one of the champions before he knows it. Um, so... Uh, it's, it's going to be an etchy show with a sexy gorilla. Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, you know, like you do it. Yeah. I don't really have much to say about it. Yeah. I mean, basically like my thoughts on it, I summed it up in like two sentences after I watched the first episode and it said, this is your box standard male focused etchy harem isekai. Um, if you're into that sort of thing and you don't expect it to be anything that it's not, you'll probably enjoy it. Um, but it's not going to change your life and don't expect it to do anything. It's not going to do, you know? Yeah. Uh, This show (laughs) is what this show is. Don't try to get anything else out of it and you might actually enjoy it. Yep. That's pretty much it in a nutshell. Yeah. The ED is quite nice. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next up we have Sakugan, uh, which is going to be Thursdays on Crunchyroll coming to us from Satellite who did uh, fairy tale, log horizon, Helsing ultimate, uh, and Somali in the forest spirit, which I also need to watch at some point. Um, and this, uh, tells a story that takes place far in the future. Uh, the human beings were pushed into the deep underground world called Labyrinth, and they are living shoulder to shoulder. Uh, the Labyrinth has several colonies with severe settings, such as one having an insanely high temperature, while another is full of gold and silver. Among those, in a colony of Pinion, uh, resides a curious nine-year-old girl named, uh, Memempu, and her father, Gogumber. Uh, their names are so good. <laughs> Gagamba! Gagamba. Um, as workers aiming for survival, they live with the lowest profession of riding a working robot to dig ore. Uh, one day, Mamempu pestered Gagamba, a cave examiner who makes maps of the internal part of the of Labyrinth, to go travel together with her to find her mother. As a marker, Gagamba holds the most dangerous yet attractive profession. One step outside the colony is already deemed to be a dangerous area, and meeting a huge, mysterious creature that loiters the cave, one's chances of living will be cut down to 5%. Since it is a dangerous racket to explore the unknown world, the map they hold is valuable and can be sold at a high price. However, is the price for their curiosity higher? What could be the cruel truth that's hidden among them? What awaits at the end of the test? In this travel story between a father and a daughter surrounds adventure with family love. Um, yeah, and I mean, the, 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 the synopsis pretty much gives the, gives you the whole story there. Uh, it has a potential to be a really cute kind of father-daughter dystopian mecha adventure, um, which I love all of those things that I just said. Um, and the art style is gorgeous. It reminds me a lot of, uh, Studio Trigger, um, in, in that it's got that kind of, like, very, um, 
kind of in your face sakuga with fight scenes and like fast movement um and the colors are just like really bright and they pop off the screen and you know it's kind of uh um it's really interesting uh in the way that that kind of style is is becoming more and more prevalent um did you uh, did you watch this one i don't remember no this one was like one of the few that i had on my list to watch that i just didn't get to but yeah. um I, I still have it downloaded on my ipad i, I plan on watching it and checking it out yeah this one has very strong um gurren lagon vibes um which i still need to watch yeah <laughs> um so if you were into that you'll you'll be interested in this there is also some like kind of uh made in abyss kind of vibes that i get from this one as well uh, also, if you watched that one, what was that one anime that we could never remember, but it was kind of good, but it came out in the season full of anime that were really good, so we never, it never really got watched that much. The one with the two worlds and the little girl was in the real world, and then there was like the digital world, and they looked different. Do you know what I'm talking about? It was on Hulu. I mean, wait. It was on Hulu. Yeah, it was on Hulu. I remember because it was like the only thing that was on Hulu that season. Um, oh, uh, you know what I'm talking about? I, vaguely. Yeah, the one where they had like the the jetpacks that helped them like shoot like the, oh, the things oh, into the people. Uh, decadence. Yes, decadence. Oh my. Yeah, God. we got there. We got there, <laughs> best buds. Decadence. Yes, that it. It also reminds me very heavily of decadence. Okay. Yeah interesting um that show ended up being good right that show was really good and like i feel like if it had come out in any other season it would have been like a top yeah. three show it but it was an just, original story too it was an original story and it just got lost in a sea of really really good shows <laughs> from that season um next up we have another one this is the other one that i mentioned that came out uh, from a manga that i read and i did not even know this was coming out like i didn't even know it was getting its own manga until i was putting together the doc for this episode uh, and that is taisho maiden fairy tale uh which is going to be streaming sundays uh saturdays rather on funimation uh comes to us from synergy sp who did initial d uh the newer one hmm. um so uh yeah it's really interesting uh, i really love this story uh, Tamahiko Shima is the youngest son of the powerful and wealthy Shima family. Blessed with great fortune since his childhood, he grew up wanting nothing but affection from his oftentimes distant family. After losing his mother and crippling his dominant arm in an accident, Tamahiko fell into deep despair and is cast aside by his own father for his handicap. Condemned to live isolated in the countryside where he would not bring shame to his family's name, he resigned himself to dying alone, until one day a young girl named Yuzuki Tachibana appeared on his doorstep, proclaiming that Tamahiko's father sent her to be his bride. As she takes care of Tamahiko, Yuzuki brings a feeling of springtime into Tamahiko's dreary life, allowing him to gradually heal from the deep emotional scars of his youth. Their lives slowly intertwine as both Tamahiko and Yuzuki taste the fruits of their first love. Um, it's a really nice story. It's can be really sad at times. So there's that. Yeah. It takes place in the Taisho era, which, um, is like that time period between like 1912 and like the mid to late 1920s. Um, so like, uh, like during and shortly after the, the first world war. Um, and I think it's just an interesting time period. We, we we're seeing it more and more being explored yeah. in anime and manga, um, but like the, the, the story, it has a really, very cute kind of bittersweet ending to it. Um, and there are like lots of ups and downs. It's one of those shows that definitely comes in waves. So like 
you get like you know your very cute moments with the two together and then like you get your really like kind of depressing moments where this guy's dealing with like all of the like crap hands he's been dealt and like his disability and stuff so i think it's really uh it's going to be a really interesting story if you're into romance if you're into dramas um this is going to be one for you to check out yeah it it sounds really interesting i i think i want to check that one out too yeah just not enough time in the day um speaking of of no time uh oh that is a slick slick transition right there oh boy next we're going to talk about the vampire dies in no time which will be airing mondays on funimation and that comes to us from studio madhouse madhouse um so vampires are said to have many weaknesses such as garlic crosses and sunlight game loving vampire lord draluk 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 yeah draluk uh not Dracula. Not Dracula um, at all. But, like, kind of close. Um, just so happens to be weak to everything. Uh, he dies and turns into a pile of ash at the slightest shock. After vampire hunter Ronaldo learns of a castle inhabited by a vampire rumored to have kidnapped a kid, he went there intending to take the devil down. However, the vampire turned out to be Dreluk. A a wimp who keeps turning into ash at the smallest things. Moreover, the kid wasn't being held captive. He was just using the haunted house as his personal playground. Um, Yeah, basically the kid, like, wanted to play all his video games because he didn't play them during the day. Yeah. (laughs) Um, When the castle is destroyed, Dreluk moves into Ronaldo's office, much to the other's chagrin. Despite their differences, they must work together to defend themselves from rogue vampires, Ronaldo's murderous editor, investigators, and more, with Dreluk dying continuously along the way, and with his armadillo friend. Yes, he has an armadillo named John. (laughs) Yeah, just John, the armadillo. Um... Who's so cute. He is so cute. John is the best boy of the show. I don't yeah. need to watch any more of it. Um, I, I found this show very funny, actually. Um, every time he dies, he's like, sand. <laughs> yeah, this show, um, it doesn't quite grab me as much. Uh, I I do want to watch the second episode because uh, I think it just could end up being something light and funny and interesting. Yeah. Um, I love John the Armadillo and... Uh, I think this is your like feel good just like turn your brain off like just have a little like silly thing to watch yeah but I've been doing that like for like the past two seasons I think this season I'm ready for like some more of like the heavier grittier serious stuff some 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 serious stuff well if you're ready for some serious card games oh no (laughs) we got build divide code black which is also like it also has like hashtag zero 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 zero, which is the hexadecimal code yeah, for, for black, black. <laughs> <laughs> which is like choice. Um, they're coming at us from Linden Films, who gave us Tokyo Revengers, Berserk, Schwartz and Markin, Other Side Picnic, uh, and the new Initial D movies. In New Kyoto, uh, govern a city governed by the king, one's worth is determined by his or her strength. Uh, in the build-divide trading card game. Rumors swirl about New Kyoto and its king. If you defeat the king in build-divide, any wish will be fulfilled. And in order to challenge the king, one must participate in the TCG battle known as Rebuild, and the key must be completed. Everyone has a wish they long to have fulfilled. 
Teruto Kurabe, a boy who vows to take down the king, and Sakura Banka, uh, the mysterious girl who guides him, throw themselves into the rebuild battle. With new Kyoto as the stage, the curtain rises, and the battle begins for Tetaro and his friends. Uh, you wrote Cyberpunk Yu-Gi-Oh! I did, but I have other thoughts about it. I am not sold on this show. Mm-hmm. Like... Trust me, I love a good card game show. I love me a Yu-Gi-Oh. I love, you know, any number of card game shows. I don't like how they sold me on the show, right? Like, mm-hmm. they just jump into a battle and, like, explain it as it goes. And he's like, oh, I, I don't have any memories, but I know I must defeat the king. Yeah, that part's right? And And, like... They just kind of, like, force explain it to you. Like, I don't care about the characters. I don't care about the cards. I don't care about the, like, game. Like, with Yu-Gi-Oh!, like, you know, I cared about Yugi and, like, his friends. And then, like, Kaiba came in and he was, like, a dick. And then, like, you know, you care about, like, you know, the the magician and the, you know, blue eyes, white dragon. And, like, they're iconic cards. Like, this, I couldn't name a single card from the show. Right. Well, I mean, that's, that's you know, one of the weaknesses of the show is that it's not based on a card game that anyone, that actually exists. So, yeah. like, they're trying to do... A, a... But the Yu-Gi-Oh! show came out before the card game did. Yeah, but when you experienced it, you had the card game available to you. You know what I mean? Right? Or did you watch the show before you played, like, before Yu-Gi-Oh! cards yeah. were a thing? Really? Yeah. Oh, I feel like I didn't have it that way. Um, but I, I wrote down Cyberpunk Yu-Gi-Oh!, but I actually think, like, as far as the game design is concerned, um, I think the game itself is more similar to, like, Magic the Gathering. Yeah. Um, where, like, w- the big focus of it is, like, building like decks that mana. have strong synergy with, yeah. like, each other. So, like, you have, like, cards that send other cards to the graveyard. And then, like, you have a card that lets you instantly play cards in your graveyard. So, like, it's the, the kind of thing where, like, each deck, quote-unquote, has, like, a, a gimmick um and that's like the way the game is played um i'm also not sold on it uh i think it looks kind of pretty um i am curious about it just from the perspective of like we don't get a whole lot of these trading card anime anymore um so i'm like i'm curious about that i'm always curious about anything in like a cyberpunk setting um so i'll probably give it at least one more episode but i like you i am also not 100 percent. so i'm not sold on it like at all if that's your thing and that's what you need check it out yeah um, the next one I actually have not had a chance to watch, and that is uh, Deep Insanity, The Lost Child, which is going to be airing Wednesdays on Funimation. Um, that comes to us from Silverlink. They're busy this season. Um, they're busy every season, I feel like. They're yeah. They're not a lot of stuff. Yeah, them and uh, Leiden Films, they're also busy. Um, but Madness and Unawakening Sleep, Randolph Syndrome. This new illness is slowly but steadily approaching humanity, caused by the huge underground world asylum that appeared in Antarctica. There are strange creatures different from the earth and unknown resources. People bet their lives on the depths of the mysterious new world to get huge wealth, organizational plots, or their own ambitions. And here alone, a young man with a wish in his heart is trying to challenge the front line of asylum. Um, sounds interesting. Uh, I just did, you know, I, I tried to watch everything I could. I didn't quite make it, but uh, I am going to give this one at least an episode. Um, it sounds interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the next one is certainly interesting and also very confusing, um, but we get another mecha anime, so hey, hooray. Um, and that is a Muv Love Alternative, uh, streaming Thursdays on Crunchyroll. Um, this one comes to us from Yumeta Company, which did Digimon Adventure, Last Evolution Kizuna. 
and the studio Graf- uh, Grafinica, which did Helsing Ultimate Girl- and Girls in Ponzer the movie, uh, and also Flagship Line, which uh, hadn't done anything else that I was familiar with besides this one. Um, the story of this one uh, is, in 1973, the invasion of an extraterrestrial life form, the Beta, began a war that has driven mankind to the brink of extinction. In an attempt to counter the Beta's overwhelming strength in numbers, mankind has developed the humanoid weapons known as TSFs, deploying them on the front lines of their anti-Beta war across the globe. However, mankind still lost the majority of Eurasia to the uh, superior numbers of the marching Beta. For nearly 30 years, mankind has remained bogged down in its struggle against the Beta with no hope in sight. Um... So, <laughs> this sounds like a Fox News segment. <laughs> the betas. Yeah. Um, We're weighed down by the betas. Um, but this one, I, this one has actually had a very, like, interesting personal storyline in my life. Because I discovered that this is set in the same universe as Schwarzenegger, which... Your favorite show. My, a, my favorite show. B, I was unaware of that was set in a wider universe. Like, it was so perfectly contained and, like, self-sufficient but I just thought it was just a show. Like, I didn't realize it was part of a larger universe. Um, and that's also kind of another thing that sets this one apart is that, and try to stick with me here because we're, we have, like, we're encountering fate levels of confusing oh, timelines um, and spinoffs. So this is set, it's originally a video game. Um, it was like an etchy game. Uh, and it has, you know, this story that it goes through. This, uh, Schwartz's Markin, which was the first time that this show had, like, a full anime. I think it may have had, like, an OVA at some point before this. But, um, Schwartz's Markin is not actually the main storyline. It's one of the side stories. So the very first anime that they ever released about this series was a side story. This one, Muvlove Love Alternative, is also another side story that takes place as, like, an alternate reality to the main story. Which is referenced in this show... But we have never seen on screen unless you played the video game. So like, it must not not be that important. Yeah, it's so it's so confusing, but like also for some reason very satisfying. Like at a certain point, like you you try like you can feel yourself trying to like understand the leaps that the show is making, and then you just give up and just enjoy it for what it is, okay. which is a very good robot fighting pseudo harem. Uh, end of the world kind of uh, show. Sure, there's a market for that. There is. Uh, the OST is super metal, so like the battle music is all like really crunchy guitars and stuff. Um, and it has like a, a one of the things I wanted to contrast it with was with short Schwartz's Mark. And one of the things that it did really well is kind of evoke that Cold War East versus West Germany feel. Like it had like a kind of like almost like if as I'm remembering it in my head like a grittier staticky kind of feel to it like a like a film noir kind of deal okay um whereas this one in Muv love is set in japan it's much brighter it's got more of like a um not even like an upbeat but it, it, you can see like they're they definitely took some time in crafting the setting to be uh to complement the time period and the location that it's in they didn't just take what worked in Schwartz's market and just plop yeah. it down here. Um, and I really, I thought that was pretty interesting and I appreciated it. That's cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the next show is The Night Beyond the Tri-Cornered Window. Yes. Which, like, I don't even understand why it's called that. Doesn't matter. <laughs> 
it comes to us uh, Sundays on Crunchyroll from uh, Zero G, who gave us uh, Grand Blue and Science Fell in Love, which makes sense, I suppose. Um, shy bookstore clerk uh, Kusu- Kosuke uh, Kosuke. Mi- Kosuke. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Kosuke Mikaido has the ability to see ghosts and spirits, an ability he wishes he didn't have. Since uh, what he sees usually terrifies him, Rihito uh, Hiyakawa, uh, an exorcist whose supernatural powers are as strong as his social graces are weak, uh, doesn't seem to fear anything, mortal or otherwise. When this odd couple gets together to solve bizarre cases that come their way, they work uh, their work methods may not be entirely safe for work. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. That is a good way to put it. Um, you wrote this show as horny, and you are absolutely right. Yeah, like, I was prepared for how horny it was going to be, because I had watched, like, the trailer and read the thing. I was like, oh, this show's going to be horny. And I wasn't ready for how horny it was. Yeah, um, what's uh what's it called it's not it's the opposite of yuri when it's two guys yeah yaoi yeah this, this show is very heavily yaoi it's yaoi it's more specifically a genre called bl which stands for boys love um and it's it's, it's I, right now it's, it's just exactly yaoi. what it i don't is. think it's gotten to boys love yet because they're not I mean, they're just they're just touching each other's cores, right? right but this now. is this is it comes from yeah. a boys love manga. Is what oh, I'm okay. Saying. Yeah, there you go. Um, that's it's fair. it's uh, it, it, it and listen, it's that's what it is. Like, don't don't come to this thinking it's not going to be what it is. Okay, they um, are um, they're into they're, it. They're talking about being in each other mm-hmm. spiritually, um, touching cores. Passing out from pleasure. Yeah. Um, it's not gay. They're just exercising. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I actually, I really like this show. It's silly, but um, the story is interesting. Um, I think uh, I think I'm going to enjoy it a lot, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I can um, totally see you watching this show. I'm going to be, so you don't even have to it's, see it. You so here's what it. I will say. It, outside of the BL side of it, I, I was... I was unimpressed with the show. I like. I, I had the opposite reaction of it. Really, it's I, the the whole kind of conceit about how the exorcism occurs, or like, there's just no reason to any of it other than to like have sexy boy scenes. It seems like. Well, I don't think so. How many episodes did you watch the second episode? I didn't watch the second. Episode. That's why. You, okay. So you the the second episode you really get into some more like concrete details about how stuff works, why it happens. Okay, because the first um, episode was just like let's let's touch cores. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> That's uh, the second episode. Like really kind of gets into like that how the way things work and their like the way their powers yeah synergize off of each other. Just like let me hug you to kill this ghost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it it definitely, you need to watch, this is one of those where, like, if you're on the fence about it, watch two episodes. Okay. Um, I'll reevaluate. But it is, uh, I, you know, it's, 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 it's what it is. So, like, if you, (laughs) if you, don't complain if you watch this show trying to think it's going to be something it's not, and then it turns into the thing that you don't want it to be, um, just watch the show. Yeah. Um, the next show is... Uh, how do you say this word? Pura ore. Pura ore. 
uh, Pride of Orange, which uh, comes out us Wednesdays on Funimation from C2C, who gave us uh, Tenchi Muyo, which we started watching and is not what I remember not it being. Not at all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Way hornier than I remember it being. Um, this story, like, I'm hyped for this show. Uh, this story takes place in Nico City, uh, to- Tochigi uh, Prefecture, where girls aim for the top of the world through ice hockey. Local junior high school student Monica and her younger sister Ayaka, whom she forcibly invited, hit the gate of first-hand experience with ice hockey. Held by the Nico-based team Dream Monkeys, which is also a hysterical name for an ice yes. hockey team. The two are joined by their childhood friends, Karuko and Mami. As the girls practice, they become fascinated with ice hockey and eventually join the team. They look, uh, they took the one thing they liked about nope, ice hockey. don't oh. read that part. <laughs> that was one that oh, I read. That's, that's what you wanted to say. Oh, <laughs> that yeah, would have yeah. been funny if you read that as part of the synopsis. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um... But yeah, it, so what the synopsis doesn't really tell you is that, like, it, A, has some, like, surprisingly good um, hockey, like, action sequences mm. in it. It also has some, like, very clearly, like, slice of life, like, schoolgirl, like, moments to it. And there also might be, like, an idol component to mm. it, too. Um, so it's... It's got a lot going on, and if it's doing all of them well, this could be an excellent show. <laughs> so, here's the thing. I, if you know me in real life, you, it's likely that you know that of sports, hockey is probably my least favorite. Um, I, I don't find it entertaining. I don't enjoy it. It's whatever. Um, and this show, what they did was they took the one thing I liked about hockey, which is the wanton violence, and replaced it with adorable anime girls. Um, which works on paper, but I'm still... The jury's still out on whether or not it works for me in practice. I really hope they start throwing elbows at some point. I hope so, too. Because, like, part of me really wanted it to be... Like, this is what... When I saw, like, there's going to be a hockey anime, I was like, I know this isn't going to happen, but what I want it to be is cute anime girls in knockdown, drag-out hockey brawls. So I could be wrong about this, but I don't know of another hockey anime. I don't, think, I don't think there is one. Um, there which, is a field hockey anime. Yes, but that surprises me. I would think there would be more hockey animes. I don't think hockey is super big in Japan. <laughs> it seems like it would be a good good anime, though. I think so, but like I think there are just not enough Japanese you know, manga and anime artists who know enough about hockey to pull it off until now. I mean, yeah, um, I guess so. I'll, I'll probably watch another episode or two of this one. I do say, you know, it is very cute. Uh, the anime, the animation is well done. I thought like the movement sequences on the ice were done really yeah. well. The sound design is really good. It's yeah. kind of, it has the same kind of thing that um, Ace of Diamond had where like, you know, the ball hitting the mitt or the crack of the yeah. bat, like, we're like done really well. you can hear well. them, like, skating yeah. on the ice. Yeah, like, I can hear, like, the sa- like the sound of them skating in my head. Like, I yeah. know exactly what it sounds like because it comes through so clearly in the show. Yeah. Um, so that is a really interesting thing about this one. Um, but uh, next up, we have another one that I just didn't get around to watching, but I put it on the list because it looks interesting. Um, it's called Deji Meets Girl, uh, which is going to be airing Saturdays on both Crunchyroll and Funimation. Um, it comes to us from lead in films. Um, so, like I said, they're busy again this uh, this season. 
And it follows the story of uh, Maisie Higa, who is a listless first-year high school girl who works part-time at the front desk of her family's hotel in Okinawa. Um, she meets uh, in Ichiro Suzuki, a mysterious youth who came alone from Tokyo as a hotel guest. Since Suzuki's arrival, deji things have been happening all around Maisie, like fish swimming around the room or a giant banyan tree smashing through the hotel ceiling. Deji is an Okinawan word that means totally or very. Um, I don't quite understand. I think there, we're getting something lost in translation here because um, I don't understand how that works uh, in that sentence. But that's uh, um, that's the story of this one. I'm curious about this one because it is a, a story that specifically takes place in Okinawa, which having just, or, you know, currently watching Akatope on White Sand, which also takes place in Okinawa, mm. uh, I'm just kind of interested to see the way that this show kind of uh, portrays uh, Okinawa as compared to Akatope. Um, but yeah, I will, uh, I will watch this show and I'll report back at a later date. Next up, um, uh, we have, I know you guys are kind of sad right now that I haven't talked about Gundam yet today. Oh God. But that's because we have new Gundam. Oh, it's new, new Gundam. Gundam time. More Gundam. Uh, Kyokai Senki, uh, is the next one we're going to be talking about. And, uh, that's the Japanese name. The, uh, English localization is Amame Warrior on the Borderline. Uh, which is a mouthful, so we're going. I'm going to go with Kyokai Senki. Um, it's airing Tuesdays on Funimation. It comes to us from Sunrise Beyond, who did a little franchise you've probably heard of called uh, Gundam. Nope, never heard of Every it. Every single one of them. Uh, there's probably some other stuff too that they did, but it doesn't matter. Um, in the year 2061 AD, Japan has lost its sovereignty. The Japanese people spend their days as oppressed citizens after being divided and ruled by the four major trade factions. The country became this, the forefront of the world following the deployment of Amame, a humanoid special weapon, uh, mobile weapon by each economic bloc. One day, Amo Shiba, a boy who loves machines, meets Guy, an autonomous thinking AI. The encounter leads Amo to cast himself into the battle to reclaim Japan, piloting the Amame Kembu that he built himself. Um, right off the bat, one of the things that we need to talk about is this show is definitely um, Bandai and Sunrise's kind of uh, attempt to recontextualize a Gundam story for a modern audience. Mm -hmm. um, there are things about it about Gundam that it it borrows and takes and uses on its own, and there are things that it leaves behind. Um, I'm not going to talk too much about in specifics how this one works, but um, one of the big things you'll notice is that the main character does not get into his robot by basically stealing it from a military base, like how every other Gundam <laughs> show starts. Um, so that's really interesting. They're definitely aiming this one at a demographic that's in like a far different place, like mentally and spiritually um, and in the world than it was for the case for Mobile Suit Gundam. So like Mobile Suit Gundam, you know, originally releasing in the late 70s, early 80s um, was, you know, the a far different um, <laughs> like demographic, like the... And you can definitely see that in you the think way the world's changed in forty years. I know, right? You can definitely see that in the way they're trying to tell this story. It's not so much about like a young kid going out and seizing his destiny, and like uh, you know, just <laughs> everything is crap, and the kid's just trying to survive. Exactly. Oh yeah, that's the story of twenty twenty one. Yeah. So that's really what it is. Everything's everything's gone to shit. The kid, he's like, at one point, he literally says, "What's even the point of living?" 
And I'm like, oh, if that yeah, doesn't that sum is, up, that like... <laughs> captured millennials, like... Yeah, like... <laughs> right and, there. And, like, you know, the kid is, like, so ambivalent about, like, just the situation in the world. And he's just like, well, whatever, this is happening and I'm just, like, living in it. Let me get in a robot and kill yeah. some baddies. Well, like, that's the thing. Like, the way, the way they kind of, like, draw him into that, it, it kind of feels like they're trying to, like, think of, like, what would a Gundam protagonist's attitudes and, like course of action be if they came from 2021 wow. um and i think they did a good job about that cool yeah um That's, i need to check that out apart from that like obviously i'm talking about it through the lens of somebody who really enjoys gundam but like as far as just a regular like shonen mecha battle anime it does really well the mechas are really interestingly designed they're not like gundams that are like like the size of buildings they're more along the lines of like the size of like a suit you would wear um, so that's kind okay. of interesting. It, it uh, operates on a different scale than Gundam does. Yeah. Um, but like, if you're just into like regular battle anime and you want something of the mecha variety, you will also not be disappointed by this show. And it doesn't have the same kind of baggage that Gundam has, whereas in like it's got a 40 year history. Yeah. This just started this year. So if you want something to dive into, give it a shot. Yeah. Um, now, if you only have seven minutes to spare. We have two options for you, though one of them should not even be an option. <laughs> we only really have one option. Um, the first one is Ganbari Dok- Doki-chan. Uh, Please. <laughs> you are determined to say that wrong every time. Ganbari. Ganbari Doki-chan. Doki-chan. <laughs> Ganbari Doki-chan. Ganbari Doki-chan. Yeah. Um, God, there's no way I'm going to say this one right. Yeah. Al- Altie Pontark. This is a this is this is French, so you get a pass on this one. Yeah, I'm worse at French. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, in a shared room with my coworker at the hotel, although I was warned not to do anything stupid, my eyes would inadvertently turn to her legs wrapped in pantyhose. Unbeknownst to him, however, Doki-chan secretly has feelings for him. As Doki-chan struggles to confess her feelings, her rivals, both the Kohai and the Senpai, continue to vie for his affection. Ganbari Doki-chan realistically depicts the textures of clothes, cute expressions, and exciting situations, with plenty of temptation featuring a great deal of satisfying highlights. Which sounds so etchy and lecherous yeah it's not um this this show like the first episode is kind of etchy and like the description is etchy but the rest of it really isn't yeah it's just about like not being able to gather up courage like with like your uh, co-worker or something yeah so one we do get a little uh, you get a little bonus um japanese lesson here today best buds um because we're going to talk about what doki means um because that's actually not her name yeah, no, that's D-O-K-I. This is oh. Doki. Uh, um, but uh, this heartbeat. one... Yeah, not heartbeat. <laughs> it, it's a word, it falls into the, like, senpai-kohai dynamic, and it's something in the middle of those two. So you don't really have it in um, in high school, because, like, you just refer to your classmate as a classmate. But in the working world, uh, Doki is somebody who joined the company at the same time as you. So it's basically, like, somebody who isn't senior the same or junior level to you. As you. Yeah, so that's not actually her name. None of the characters, I think, get names. Like, it's just her, Doki-chan, 
Um, and then the her senpai and her kohai, and then I think I don't think they actually give the the male love interest a name. Yeah, um, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. They're like it's little, a fine way to spend 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 seven minutes. Yeah, they're little like seven minute long. You know, just like little vignettes. They're like the, the description says they do. Um, one of the things they do really well is depicting texture and like clothing design and stuff like that. Um, so if you just want something to pass a couple minutes, this is a solid choice for you. Yeah. Um, what's not a solid choice. And you know what I also realized about this show? So Tawawa on a Monday uh-huh. uh, is the show. Uh, what I realized is that it is uh, actually the second season of it. We oh, started, is it really? Yeah, we started watching the second season of it. Did we really? Okay. Yeah, um, but you you wouldn't know. Um, it comes to us from Yokohama Animation Lab, uh, who is famous for bringing you uh, Miru tights, mm-hmm. if you remember that from a few seasons ago. Um, the anime follows a salary man who has a chance meeting with a girl named Ai on the train. They begin to meet every Monday on the train, with the man serving as her bodyguard on the crowded commute while they chat. Yeah. Um, and it is not, it is the opposite of Ganbari Doki Because that sounds like a very cute kind of, like, yeah. story, and it's super etchy. It's super etchy and, like, a little rapey. So, um, the, the thing is, like, it basically has these vignettes, like, these stories about various girls who have relationships with older men. Yeah. And it's not presented in a... In yeah, a, a way that makes me feel good about they, it. They, there is definitely scenes where no is not respected. Yeah, like the the whole. It's it's a little it's uncomfortable. Well, I mean, I think the one that you're thinking of was also like a. It was one of those like teasing, like oh no, but like there are other moments where like it's like hey, you're a student, and that's a teen. yeah, like that's yeah. not okay. Not yeah, it's. I mean, we've only seen a little bit of it, and it was halfway through the season, so I don't know if we have the full context of the show, but... I don't think I w- need too much From what context. I saw, I don't think you need to spend seven minutes watching it. Yeah, watch Gambare Doki-chan. Um, uh, the next one we have up here on our list uh, for fall 2021 anime is uh, Rumble Garandol, uh, which I didn't get a chance to watch this, so I'm just going to read the, uh, um, the synopsis, and we'll talk about it uh, on a later episode. Uh, but this one's coming to us on mon- uh, Mondays from Funimation from Studio Lurch, uh, who did Assassination Classroom, Danganronpa, uh, Monster Musume, and Asobi Asobase. I have watched um, all of those. Yeah. <laughs> um, those are all good shows. And it takes place in Japan 2019, just before the dawn of a new era. Uh, suddenly, a rift to another dimension appears in the sky, revealing an alternative world, Shinkoku Nippon, with the sky and the earth upside down. This parallel world keeps their former militarism with its era being eternal Showa. Uh, the military invades the real Japan with giant humanoid robots called Garon and their gas weapons, Genmu, rendering our modern weapons ineffective. Shinkoku Nippon immedi- uh, instantly seizes the government and achieves de facto conquest of Japan. The new era, Reiwa, has not arrived for Japan. Um... I, I I think I mainly included this one because like it's another robot fighting show. Sure. Um, but the the story sounds kind of interesting. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Showa and Reiwa are just the names of various eras in Japan. Uh, Reiwa is the name of the current era in Japan. Showa is like the boomer generation kind mm. of deal. Um, but yeah, it sounds interesting. I'm gonna watch it. Um, 
but this is also the case for the next one. It's one that I put down because it's a it's a mecha show, and I'm curious about it, but I just haven't had the chance to watch it. It's called Megaton Q Musashi, uh, which is airing on Fridays. I don't know where it's airing yet. That's the reason why I haven't watched this one. Um, I, it, it, as far as I could tell, the last time I checked, it hadn't been picked up by Crunchyroll or Funimation yet. Um, but it comes to us from Studio OLM, uh, and it takes place in an ordinary town where there are ordinary people who live a peaceful and fulfilling life. But they don't know that it is a false peace. The untold truth. The Earth has already been destroyed. 99.9% of the human race has been wiped out by a mysterious alien force from outer space. The enemy is named Dractors. Eventually, a large hole was drilled in the Earth and terraformed into a suitable environment for the aliens to live. Humans have no choice but to hide in shelters to escape their eyes, waiting for the day of resurrection, which they do not know when will come. Uh, inha the inhabitants of Shelter Ixia have had their memories of the Day of Destruction erased and live a normal life without knowing anything about it. However, some of them, the Chosen Ones, have become pilots, driving giant robots called Rogue and fighting against aliens. Uh, today, another new pilot is selected. It sounds like seven different science fiction things. Yeah, they basically... They, <laughs> They took all of the major science fiction like subgenres and yeah. were like, make them kiss. Yeah, just um, roll it all up into one. Yeah, which could be really great or really terrible, but we're gonna find out. Yeah, um, we got a couple other like quick fire ones to come at you that we haven't seen. Um, one that hasn't come out yet. Um, but one that I thought looked kind of interesting was Digimon Ghost Game, um, coming at you from Toei Animation, who did a few shows called Dragon Ball, One Piece, and Nevangelion, you know, probably a few more. <laughs> Little bit pieces. Yeah. Uh, in a relatively near future, an innovative technology has emerged on social networks. Rumors are circulating about strange phenomena whose authenticity is unknown, referred to as hologram ghost. Hiro Amanokawa is a middle school freshman at Hazukura Academy who, by activating a mysterious device left, uh, left behind by his father called Digivice, <gasps> has the effect of making unknown creatures that cannot be seen by uh, ordinary people the Digimon, visible to his eyes. Since the day he met Gamamon, a mischievous Digimon entrusted to him by his father, Hiro is caught up in various strange phenomena. A man with a sewn mouth uh, steals time from human beings. A mummy man wanders around every night and kidnaps humans. The hologram ghosts are all around us and take us for targets. Uh, from now on, here is the story of the other side of the world nobody is aware of. With their friends, Hiro and Gamamon dive further into the mysterious world where these creatures live. This sounds like a cool twist on how Digimon works. Yeah, um, uh, I think it's interesting. Yeah, uh, I like when Digimon kind of breaks out of its little normal formula. And Digimon's good at that. Digimon yeah. is good at like telling an alternative story about itself that doesn't like that has enough distance from the original story, but also like maintains enough connections for it to feel you know whole and interesting. Um, and this kind of sounds like it's definitely considering in that uh, continuing in that tradition. So yeah, I'm gonna check it out at some point. Yep. Um, we also have Blade Runner Black Lotus that has not come out yet. We've talked about that previously. We'll let you know when it comes out. Yep. Um, and there's also uh, Bright Samurai Soul, which is actually a uh, anime version of um, 
Bright, which was the Netflix movie with Will oh, Smith. Oh, really? Yes. I didn't know that. Yes. This takes place in um, like a different era. It's uh, in the early years of Japan's Meiji Restoration. A human ronin must unite with an orc assassin to save an elf orphan from their common adversary. So it's like that world, but just in a different time period of it. Wow, that's and interesting. And an anime, so... I feel like everyone I talked to about Bright hated it. I really liked it. Um, well, there's an anime for you now. Perfect. Finally, um, the anime for me. Guys, we did it. That's all the new anime. We did it. Oh, my God. There's, you ready to talk about some returning anime? I'm ready. There's not a whole lot, but what is coming back is like actually pretty good. Yeah, so. there's there's some good ones. I so. hope you guys are ready, because I wrote like a whole essay <laughs> about one of them. Um, before we get to that, let's talk about uh, Mushoko Tensai uh, Jobless Reincarnation, which is airing Mondays on Funimation from Studio Bind. Um, they pretty much just did this. Um, this is a show that uh, we got into really late. We yep. just caught up to it. Um, I started watching it and then got Best Boy Justin into it, but it is a really enjoyable isekai. Yeah. Um, it's basically like, what if isekai, but like the protagonist like takes it seriously and is like, Hey, I'm going to like start figuring out magic right away. Yeah. Um, he's also, uh, very lecherous. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's definitely a part of the show too. Um, but it's just, it's, uh, it's hard to come up with a new twist on the isekai genre that is fresh, and I enjoy how this one tells its story. So I always passed over this one, both in its manga form and when the anime oh, came also out. also great Be- OPs and EDs. Yeah, OPs and EDs are very good. Um, but I always passed over it because I had made assumptions about the premise of it that were actually wrong. So, like, when I saw that it was about, like, kind of like a, an otaku, like Hikikomori, kind of shut-in... Um, I was like, well, this is just going to be like a guy who gets born into a new world and is horny and like, which stuff. it is, which is not incorrect. That's, this, <laughs> that is definitely this show. Don't think I'm saying that it's not, but it has a more, a, a, a much deeper kind of, uh, story to tell. And like the thing that really ended up grabbing me, cause when I finally gave it a shot, the thing that stuck out to me was the character development, the way the main character develops away from this. So like he is using you know, his second life in this new world as a way to process his trauma and, Mm -hmm. you know, to kind of grow as a person. Um, and that element of it, I did really enjoy. Um, but do keep in mind, it is also this show that it yeah. is. So like, yeah, he's a, a he horny also keeps weirdo like at times. Panties as, as treasures. Yeah, his his treasures, his holy relics. Uh, um, yeah. So you know, be aware of the fact that it is etchy and it is the show that it is. But like, it's got it a has much a good deeper, story to tell. Yeah, if very you can interesting. Get past that. Also very sad at times. His backstory. Yeah. Oh so, God, brutal. Um, yeah, definitely give it a shot if you're if that's your kind of thing. All right, I'm gonna kick back and let you do your thing for a All while. Right. All <sighs> right, children, come on down to, to Uncle Best Boy Justin's robot <laughs> story time. Robot roundup. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I, I I talked for kind of a while about uh, about uh, Kyokai Senki. I'm about to talk for a really long time about 86. Uh, 86 is coming back. This is gonna be the second season. Uh, it's airing Sundays on Crunchyroll. Comes to us from A1 Pictures. Uh, they did a couple couple minor shows you might be aware of. <laughs> uh, Sword Art Online, Your Lie in April, Fairy Tale, Darling in the Franks, Kaguya-sama, Love is War, Seven Deadly Sins, Wodakoi, Gate, 
Arrow Manga Sensei, Blend S, and Fate Apocrypha. Um, and this this uh, this show kind of centers around you have uh, the Republic of San Magnolia who are waging this war um, against what's called the Legion, which are these autonomous like fighting robots, and that um, basically their their whole thing is like we we fight a war without losing any casualties, thanks to our autonomous drones. But uh, in reality, the drones are tar- are piloted by people. Um, it's just that the Republic of San Magnolia doesn't consider them to be people. Um, they live in what's called the 86th district, which technically doesn't exist. And they're referred to as the 86. Basically they're treated as like disposable weapons of war. Uh, they're not, they don't have any citizenship rights. And if they don't join the military, they basically live in concentration camps. So there are some parallels here that are being drawn and I'll let you connect those dots on your own. But, um, Basically, the story centers around Vladelina Miles, who is a uh, major in the army, and she's what's called a handler. And basically, what they do is they provide like combat instructions to squads of these eighty-six that are piloting these robots. Um, and they're basically they're supposed to not treat them like human beings. Like they refer to them as processors. Basically, they're the processing unit for the robot that you know that they pilot. Um, but she, you know, she is determined to kind of treat them like human beings. Um, and you know, there's kind of like a, a journey for her to go on, um, learning more about them and like learning about the differences in their circumstances and so on and so forth. Um, the show is really, really good, even independent of like the whole like mecha aspect of it as a military drama, it's really good as your typical shonen, you know, like darker uh, type anime, it's really good. Um, the second season of it picks up uh, shortly after the first one leaves off with uh, Major Millet's having been demoted to captain as a result of her actions at the end of the first season. Uh, but she's clearly learned and grown since uh, we last saw her. Um, and while she may have been demoted, having learned the more cutthroat sides of military politicking, she wields more power than ever. Um, she uses this power to wage war against the Legion in the way that she wants, uh, basically breaking any rules that get in her way without a second thought. Uh, even as her victories in battle continue to roll in unabated, her peers sneer at her for treating the 86 under her command as human beings. Um, and her luck will run out soon enough, they think. And besides, the war will be over in two years anyway, right? Um, meanwhile, across the other side of the battlefield, far from San Magnolia, something quite unexpected has happened that will surely flip the status quo on its head. Uh, I can't say any more without giving away Whoa. like major details about this Whoa. show, but like it's wild how much the show manages to explode its view, uh, increasing the size of its world uh, with just the first two episodes of the second season. Okay, you're like, selling me. Yeah, like this this show, like it was really good. The first season was phenomenal, but the second season, even two episodes in, is wild it's so good all right um the uh i know a lot of times with the the second seasons of shows we end up saying something along the lines of it's more insert anime name here if you liked the first season then watch the second one but that's really not the case here like the show really hits the ground running uh from its first moments it's basically like screaming at you hey things are different now like (laughs) this should like the like shit is about to happen yeah um there are also a few criticisms of uh Um, The main character being kind of like a useless Sakura figure with no agency. And I actually disagree with that for a couple of reasons. Um, 
but uh, the uh, the Captain Millet's that we get to see in the second season is a perfect proof that that's not the case. Like, she's evolved from the kind of peppy idealist we saw in episode one to, like, a dour and taciturn figure stalking the halls of the command center in her black uniform, taking what she needs and ignoring whatever gets in her way. Uh, I really can't say enough about how satisfying her character development is, and I have really high hopes that it will continue to do well. Um like her her growth alone like all, all all the other characters have very satisfying growth arcs as well but hers specifically the way it kind of comes to a head at the beginning of the second season is very well done um aside from that visually the anime is stunning uh the robot designs are really interesting and uh, i highly recommend this like if you're into you don't even need to be into mecha stuff or like military stuff if you're into shonen at all this is something you want to check out so that's to you, Best Boy Nan. Check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the next one up is Let's Make a Mug 2, Season 2. Uh, Saturdays on Crunchyroll comes to us from Nippon Animation, who did uh, Hunter Hunter, Captain Tsubasa, and a Tom Sawyer anime. What? Yeah. A Tom Sawyer anime that I absolutely need to get my hands on. Uh, like, yes. I saw, I was scrolling through the list and I was like, okay, Hunter Hunter, Captain Tsubasa. And then I saw Tom Sawyer and they did more than one. So, like, oh, people must that. have watched it. We're watching um, that. Let's Make a Mug 2 is great. It's a slice-of-life anime about pottery. It's really kind of like a vignette that tells a story of a very specific region in Japan that is famous for its pottery. Uh, it's referred to as Mino Ware. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's really cute. If you're into cute slice-of-life kind of things, um, this is a show for you. It's really good. If you liked the first season, the second season will sell you. If you didn't like the first season, the second season doesn't have much to offer for you. Um, but if this is your kind of thing, I definitely recommend you check it out. Um, and also apparently a Tom Sawyer anime. Yeah. Um, the way of the house husband is coming to us, uh, via Netflix, the second, uh, part of the first season or the second season. Uh, however, they're dividing it up. It's from JC staff who, I mean, we can list like all the things they did, like Toradora, food wars, one punch man. Is it wrong to pick up girls in a dungeon prison school? Like all these sorts of things. But like, they barely animated the show. Yeah. No, uh, like they, not... <laughs> they basically just like colored in the like manga cells um, for it. But listen, this is a show that I think you should definitely read the manga for. Um, but outside of that, it's still a it, funny story, even though it's not maybe the best animation. Yeah. Don't, don't watch this show for like your hardcore, like anime fix. Watch this show as a goof with some of your friends. Like, it's Oh, funny. let's watch a cute, funny thing yeah. together. Maybe have a couple beers if you're of age uh, or other substances. Um, but, uh, yeah, God, every time we talk about this show, I get depressed. Um, but next up, we're going to talk about a show that doesn't make me depressed. It, uh, it's called The Great Jahi Will Not Be Defeated. Sunday is from Crunchyroll. It's continuing on into this season. It's a, a continuation of the first season, just spilling over into the fall. Um, this show is great. It's about basically the second in command from the demon world, uh, who's which was destroyed by a magical girl. And now she's basically trying to survive uh, in the human world to rebuild her demon kingdom. 
Um, basically, she doesn't have enough mana without the mana crystal that the magical girl destroyed to maintain her, like, adult woman body. So, like, she spends half of the anime as, like, a little kid. Um, so it's kind of cute. People are a little, like, weird about it. But, like, I think it does an interesting job of, like, separating two sides of this character. Um, where, like, you have, like, the fact that, like, she is kind of childish and, like, is used to getting things that she, like, getting the things that she wants without having to work for them. But then you also have, like, this more serious adult character who, like, wants to reclaim her home and, like, has regrets and, like, you know, um, and can, like, critically think about, you know, who she is as a person. Um, and I, I think it's a really cute show. It's one of those shows you can kind of watch it, turn your brain off, giggle a little bit, and uh, just enjoy it, you know? Uh, next up, we have one that I started watching for this season because someone recommended it to me. They were like, hey, uh, if you're into anime, you should check this show out. And generally, I take those kind of... Like, when I tell people, like, yeah, I do an anime podcast, and they say, oh, have you watched this anime? I usually make it a note to watch that anime. Um, and this is the case with World Trigger, which is going to be airing its third season, Sundays on Crunchyroll. Comes to us from Toei Animation. Um, we talked about them a little bit earlier. Um... Basically, World Trigger centers around a world where there are these, um, this gate has opened in the middle of Japan, um, where basically these, like, monsters spill started spilling out, and, like, no one could contain them until suddenly this, like, secretive organization called Border comes around, um, and they use the kind of, like, other siders, uh, they call them neighbors, they use their technology against them, and they kind of use it to protect Japan, um, but, uh, things begin to go wrong. Uh, and that's where I'll leave it for now. Um, but it's an interesting story. Uh, I'm, you know, I, I'm not as far as the third season yet. Um, so I haven't watched it because I don't want to spoil it for myself. But it's out there. If it's a show that you're watching, it's back. Enjoy it. Um, later this season, we're also going to, I believe in December, we're going to get uh, a new season of Agretzko on uh, Netflix. This comes at us from Fanworks, who we're not really familiar with anything else they've done. Um, but Agretzko's like about this cute little chibi um, red fox who is uh, working red in panda, a, red panda, is, yeah. right? Um, who is working in an office with other anthropomorphic animals, and it is uh, difficult. And she hates her boss, and she vents her frustration by singing metal music at karaoke. Um, and it's a great show. I've I've really enjoyed uh, it. it gets a lot of really good like office humor in the to it um the characters are all really strong uh their development paths are really interesting it has its ups and downs in terms of like seasons that are better than other ones but all in all it's it's a really top-notch show um especially if you've ever worked in an office i think you'll get something out of it yeah um next up on our returning anime list we have the aquatope on white sand uh, fridays on crunchyroll comes to us from PA Works, which did Angel Beats, Another, and Sakura Quest. Um, and this show is kind of about this, uh, this, this girl. She's in her senior year of high school. She had this dream of becoming an idol, um, but she ends up failing and has to retire uh, her idol career uh, before it barely gets off the ground. And rather than, like, going back home to, like, deal with, like, the kind of, like, a literal pity party that her mom and her neighbors are throwing for her, um, she decides on a whim to go to Okinawa, um, where she meets a uh, another young girl who basically is, uh, her family runs an aquarium that's getting ready to shut down, and she's, like, trying to keep it from closing. 
Um, and you know, this, uh, our main character decides to like, like her dream is dead. So she's going to help this girl live out her, her own dream and try to like save the aquarium basically. Um, and this show is really, really cute. Um, it's, uh, you know, uh, it tells an interesting, I thought it was just going to be a slice of life kind of story about aquariums, but I was really wrong. It's like a, basically like a drama. Um, I honestly didn't realize that this show was going to be going for 24 episodes. Uh, I watched up until the 12th episode and the 12th episode wrapped up so perfectly. I thought, okay, that's the end of the show. It was a good show. Um, and it wasn't until I was doing the doc for this episode that I saw this one on the list of anime that are coming back. I was like, wait, what? And I saw it was going for 24 episodes. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, they're doing a time skip. And I was right. They are doing a time skip between mm. the, the 12th and 13th episodes. Interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, it, but I found the 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 way the second, uh, the second half of the first season is uh, set to be um, really interesting. It, it resonated with me in a particular and kind of unexpected way. Um, Kuku, uh, Kikuru, who is the name, who is the girl whose aquar family aquarium, uh, she's trying to save, she kind of finds herself in a new and unsettling environment and she has to cope with a new reality, uh, working a job that she never expected to have to do or like she'd never even really wanted. Um, and this is the quote unquote real world where people aren't necessarily motivated to cooperate with her and in some cases actively dislike her. Um, having made an unexpected career change myself in the past few months, I found this part of the story to be like instantly compelling. Uh, and I'm really excited to see where it goes. Like I really enjoyed the first half of the season. I thought it was so well done that I thought it was over before it actually ended. Um, but I'm really excited to see this go for another 12 episodes. Uh, and as far as Yuri Watch 2020 goes, sadly, we don't have a concrete Yuri story yet. Uh, but there's still plenty of room for it. And I think that would be pretty great because these two characters have really good chemistry with each other. Um, the uh, the last returning anime we're going to talk about is Fena Pirate Princess, which airs Saturdays on Crunchyroll. Uh, it comes to us from Production IG, which did Attack on Titan, Haiku, Psychopaths, Kuroko Basketball, uh, Vinland Saga, Ancient Magus Bride, Fully Cooly, Ghost in the Shell, Great Pretender, Usagi Drop, Blood Plus, XXXHolic, Moriarty the Patriot, Love Hina, Ace of Diamond, and uh, The Prince of Tennis. Ah, oh, wow, they did a lot. Um, Fena Pirate Princess is basically Pirates vs. Ninjas the anime. Um, okay. It, yeah, it started it started late last season, which is why it's continuing ah, over into the fall season. Um, it's, that explains why it's on like episode like nine or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, it started like later on in the uh, the, the summer season, um, which is kind of why we missed it. Um, I picked it up because uh, Mother's Basement come on our podcast. You coward <laughs> um, did a thing where he was uh, talking about how like this could be a contender for anime of the year. Really? And, yeah, I respectfully decline. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't. I I do like it. I obviously wouldn't still be watching it if I didn't like it. Um, it has problems. The main protagonist is definitely a Sakura kind of type. Okay. Um, basically, like she just has no agency. So like nothing happens. Like she doesn't do anything. Right. The story is advanced through her, but she doesn't like actually. She's a vessel for the story rather than being like an active part in it in a lot of ways. Okay. Um. So you know, I didn't really. I don't enjoy that aspect of it. I do think it has some of the best fight scenes that are out at the moment. Uh, almost as good as Dragon Maid, but um, overall, like story-wise, uh, I just wish the characters were better done a little better. But I am still gonna keep watching it. 
Um, so it's out. Uh, I definitely, if you think, like, if you want to add another show, like, you're just not sure what to watch, you want something that's very pretty, very interesting, and has some battles to it, uh, Phantom Pirate Princess is a good way to go. Yeah? Yeah. Movies! We're doing movies now! Movies! Up first, we have Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, uh, coming to us from MAPPA Studios. MAPPA Studios. Um, Yuta Okotsuku, Okotsu uh, is haunted. Ever since childhood, his friend Rika died in a uh, traffic accident. Her ghost has stuck with him. But, <clears throat> but her spirit does not appear as the sweet girl Yuta once knew. Instead, she manifests as a monstrous and powerful entity who fiercely protects him. Unable to control Rika's violent behavior, Yuta is helpless to stop the bloodshed that follows from her brutal vengeance. Uh, as a result, when he ap is apprehended by jujitsu sorcerers, the secret guardians of the world, trained to combat forces like Rika, Yuta wishes to be completely isolated so that no one else can get hurt. Yet his apprehender, the master sorcerer Satoru, Satoru Gojo, has different plans for him. He will join Jujitsu High School and learn to control Rika in order to help people. Now a first year at this school, Yuta learns, uh, starts to learn Jujitsu arts and combat uh, malignant beings. Alongside his new classmate, Maki Zenin, a Jujitsu weapons expert, Toge Inumaki, a uh, spellcaster who uses uh, her words as weapons, and Panda, a seemingly walking and talking panda bear. Oh, Panda's in it, yay. Mm -hmm. uh, Yuta will begin to find uh, his place in the world for once and feel comfortable in his abilities. However, his training progresses. Yuta will learn the dangers of the jujitsu world go far beyond that of wicked spirits. Uh, more Jujutsu Kaisen. I'm excited about it. It's yeah. a prequel. Yeah, I'm excited for that too. Uh, I didn't expect a prequel to be the next thing that they did, but uh, I think it's probably going to go a long way towards expanding the world uh, that they live in. So I'm I'm here for it. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. Next one up, we have Sword Art Online, the movie progressive Aria of a Starless Night. Um, this one's going to be releasing October 30th in Japan and December 3rd in North America. Uh, comes to us from A1 Pictures. Um, for those of you who are already familiar with the Sword Art uh, fr uh, franchise, um, this will be a little bit redundant, but I'll give us a little background just in case. One month has passed since Akihiko Kayaba's deadly game began and the body count continues to rise. 2,000 players are already dead. Kirito and Asuna are two very different people, but they both desire to fight alone. Uh, nonetheless, they find themselves drawn together to face challenges from both within and without. Given, the entire world, given that the entire virtual world they now live in has been created as a death trap, the surviving players of Sword Art Online are starting to get desperate, and desperation makes them dangerous to loners like Kirito and Asuna. As it becomes clear that uh, solitude equals suicide, will the two be able to overcome their differences to find the strength to believe in each other, and in doing so survive? Uh, Sword Art Online Progressive is a new version of the Sword Art Online tale that starts at the beginning of Kirito and Asuna's epic adventure, on the very first level of the deadly world of Aincrad. Um, Which is arguably the most interesting part of Sword Art Online. Disagree, Gungale. Um, but uh, for, for those of you who are familiar with the show, this is apparently a, an alternate uh, storyline of the Sword Art Online uh, story. So apparently it's, it's darker, it's grittier, it's told from a different perspective. Um, 
I, it's interesting to see them kind of... It's not a reboot. It's not a reboot of the show. They're just doing this as like a, an in-between for a new seasons. But um, I'm curious about it. I'm going to go see it. Because uh, yeah. I'm just curious to see what they do with this kind of grittier story. There is definitely a lot of darker elements to the first season of Sword Art that are, were never fully explored. So I'm wondering if yeah. that's going to be something we're I really wanted Sword Art to just be that. Yeah, I kind of did too. I did really like Gungale, but uh, I think nothing really uh, was able to recreate the magic of the first season. Even when they decided to like be like, "Oh, we're gonna go back to being trapped in a video game, but we're gonna do it in a different way," yeah. it still didn't feel the same. Yeah, um, but it seems like an interesting uh, story. I'll check it out. Yeah, um, as long as I don't need to be caught up, then. Well, yeah, because I mean, theoretically, it starts from the beginning of Sword yeah, Art, so, so you wouldn't. So need I would to. totally watch that. Yeah. Um, and to wrap it all up, I think we have the perfect movie, and that's Boku no Hero Academia, the movie three World's Hero Mission, coming out October 29th in North America, uh, coming at us from Studio Bones, Bones, uh, who gave us Full Metal Alchemist, Original, and Brotherhood. Noragami, Mob Psycho, 100, Soul Eater, Auron High School Host Club, Skate the Infinity, Cowboy Bebop, Space Dandy, and Carol and Tuesday. Uh, the In Boku no Hero Academia, the movie 3 World's Hero Mission, UA High School student Izuka Midoriya, Shoto Todoroki, and Katsuki Bakugo face the greatest crisis in Boku no Hero Academia history. With only two hours to save the world, during their internship with the number one pro-hero Endeavor agency, Deco and his new friend, Roddy, find themselves uh, wanted nationwide for a crime they didn't commit. Can Deku and his friends uh, stop humorizes uh, global plans of eliminating all quirks? Uh, Something tells me they can. I, yeah, probably. Um, It'd be really weird if they didn't and then just the show ended. Yeah, the end. <laughs> everyone goes back to normal. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, it, I'm excited. It seems cool. Yeah, I mean, my hero movies are always a good thing. Like, they, they, like they may not be like the best thing you've seen all year but they're always good they're fun um yeah so I'm it's excited for it's that. i i have yet to regret the hour and a half i spend watching it yeah absolutely um so yeah i'm, I'm excited to check it out looks like we're gonna we're gonna have some excuses to go to the theater this year yeah um, and and that's uh that's fall anime yeah i mean we really kind of we we hit it all we did it all just for you best buds um and uh yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm excited for this season. There are a lot of things that I've been looking forward to for a long time. Um, and uh, all in all, uh, I'm ready to, to start to start really diving in and watching all this stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what are you guys going to be watching out there this season? Let us know. What are you interested in? What do you hate? What uh, opinions did we get wrong? Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at bestboys underscore pod. Or send us an email at thebestboyspod at gmail.com. Uh, also wanted to just give a little shout out. Let everybody know the best boys are going to be at Anime NYC this year. So wah, wah, wah. Yeah. So if you're in the area... Um, you know, you want to meet up, you want to find us, send, you have to send us a message on uh, Instagram, I think would be our best bet. That's our yeah. most monitored platform. We'd love to kind of meet up with some, uh, some of you best buds out there if you happen to be going. Um, we're super excited for this, and we're definitely going to have more news about it coming up soon. Um, but in the meantime, yeah, we'll see you next week for an extra spoopy episode. Ooh.
That was my ghost noise. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Ha 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 